This is Chad Brashears, and you're listening to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. This podcast is about creating a behind-the-scenes look with coaches, fans, and reporters from our point of view, sharing cool stories as only we've lived them. The goal is for you to learn something new to help your life and allow yourself to take a break from everyday chaos and let us give you a behind-the-scenes look into our world. Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast begins in... Good morning and welcome to Never My Wildest Dream Podcast. Today is Thursday, February the 4th, 2021, day four of the second month of the new year. Looking forward to today's show. We're going to have Throwback Thursday Sports Wrap and Jay Recto, pastor at Lifehouse Church, is going to be on. Let's first start in sports. In the NBA, the 76ers take down the Charlotte Hornets 118 to 111. The Bucks hold off the Pacers 130 to 110. The Mavericks beat the Hawks 122 to 116. The LA Clippers take care of the Cleveland Cavaliers 121 to 99. The Wizards go into Miami and get a win 103 to 100. The Knicks beat the Bulls 107 to 103. The Thunder beat the Rockets 104 to 87. The Spurs beat the Timberwolves 111 to 108. The Pelicans take care of the Suns 123 to 101, and the Celtics lose to the Kings 116 to 111. In tonight's games, the Utah Jazz travel to Atlanta to take on the Hawks. The Golden State Warriors are in Dallas to take on the Mavericks. The Portland Trailblazers are in Philly to take on the 76ers. The Rockets travel to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies, and the Nuggets are in LA to take on the Lakers. Now to the NHL. The Capitals travel to New York to take on the Rangers and the New Jersey Devils and the Pittsburgh Penguins are postponed due to COVID in local hockey. Now on to college football. The Alabama Crimson Tide boasts the number one recruiting class and they're saying that this is possibly Nick Saban's best since joining the Crimson Tide. In the NFL, the barber for the Kansas City Chiefs tests positive for COVID amid haircuts. That includes 20 people on the chief staff and roster, including Patrick Mahomes. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out the next couple days going into Super Bowl Sunday, which is this coming Sunday at 6.30 in Tampa, Florida. On to college basketball, we have two losses in the top five last night. Villanova goes into St. John's and loses 70-59, to and Houston travels to East Carolina and loses 82-73. to That is a huge win for Joe Dooley and staff at East Carolina. Alabama takes care of Clemson, 78-60. Virginia beats NC State, 64-57. Georgetown beats Creighton, 86-79 in an upset. Pittsburgh hosts Virginia Tech, who's ranked 16th in the country and wins 83-72 in the upset. Kentucky gives it all they have and loses to Missouri, 75-70. And South Carolina tops Florida in another upset, 72-66 in tonight's games. A top 10 matchup, Ohio State travels to Iowa, number one Gonzaga is at Pacific, and South Carolina upstate is at Radford as Coach Lind was on yesterday, looking forward to following that game. When we come back after this, it's today in sports with Throwback Thursday. Three, two, one. Welcome back to Never My Wildest Dream podcast. We will talk about today in sports as well as local sports in this Throwback Thursday segment. Let's start in the world of sports. In 1969, John Madden is named the head coach of the NFL's Oakland Raiders. And tonight, ironically, Al Davis versus the NFL is on 
ESPN as the new 30 for 30. In 1991, the Baseball Hall of Fame Board of Directors vote 12 to 0 to ban Pete Rose from the game of baseball due to his betting on games while a player and a manager. In 1997, Mario Lemieux becomes the seventh NHL player to score 600 goals. In 2007, Super Bowl was played in Miami, Florida. The Indianapolis Colts beat the Chicago Bears 29-17, giving Peyton Manning his first ever Super Bowl championship as well as the MVP of the Super Bowl. In 2018 in Minnesota, the Philadelphia Eagles defeat the New England Patriots 41-33. Nick Foles is the MVP and will lead that going into the Super Bowl this weekend. On to local sports. Last year on this date, we played at Linganore. We lost by three in overtime. And the year before, we played North Hagerstown on that evening, and we lost by nine. We start practice in three days. Looking forward to that as we will practice from 11.30 to 1.30 in the Rebel Fieldhouse. I will now be getting some practice pods together for our guys and our staff. Looking forward to that. When we come back after this, Pastor Jay Recto from Lifehouse Church will be on. Three, two, Welcome back to Never My Wildest Dream Podcast. Looking forward to my next guest. It's Pastor Jay from Lifehouse Church. Pastor Jay has been involved in the ministry since 2006 when he went to Bible College at Valley Forge Christian College. He's going to talk to us a little bit about that. In 2010, he came to Lifehouse Bethel here in Hagerstown, Maryland. And on November 2nd, 2014, Lifehouse Bethel and Lifehouse the church merged, and he has been a part of LifeHouse since then, going on almost seven years now. Looking forward to hearing his story. Pastor Jay, welcome to our podcast. Hey, Chad. Thanks so much. Appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to just be a part of the podcast. Not a, well, not a problem, and I'm really looking forward to this. So how did you get into ministry? What was the path that got you to where you're at today? Yeah, so ironically, man, I love the just the name of your your podcast, Never in My Wildest Dreams, um, because never in my wildest dreams uh, did I ever envision this kid that kind of came from the Philippines, not a lot of ministry background, not a lot of ministry experience, and really not a lot of um, just ministry um, like dreams mm-hmm. be in the ministry. And so it's, it's kind of it's kind of wild that God would use someone so. Um, unfitting, it seems like, or unqualified for it, because I mean, I would normally think that you would want to have a person that got a big old pedigree of like being involved in the church, or maybe their pastors were pastors or something like that. And so for me, um, it kind of it, it kind of started on, on on a weird journey. Um, I, I love um, if you if you ever uh, watch Netflix. Uh, there's one of my favorite comedians. I know like pastors like watch Netflix too, and I actually love comedy, but one of my favorite comedians is Joe Coy. Okay. Um, and so, like, one of, one of the things that uh, he was making fun of was just, so I'm Filipino, and uh, so there's a stereotype that um, most or many Filipinos, uh, they become either uh, people who work in the postal service and those um, others also work in the, the medical field, being nurses. Um, I think oftentimes what happens is, like, um, we we tend to dream with boundaries, mm-hmm. and uh, and so the only thing that I saw was a possibility was those two avenues in my life: being my dad being a postal service worker and my mom being a nurse. Um, and so 
starting out, like, obviously for me, like I mentioned before, I didn't have, like, this huge um, ministry dream or anything like that. Quite frankly, I felt like my mom had to drag us to church. And it wasn't necessarily um, something that uh, I, I looked at as I have a relationship with God. It was more so, like, my religious duty. I literally went there when I had to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when my mom told me I had to go there, like that was one of the religious things. Like, all right, on special day, I go to church. Um, but really, I was, I was never looking at um, church as this this place where it will help me and enhance my relationship with God. I just looked at it. It's just a religious thing that I have to do to be a good person. Um, but a lot, of, uh, a lot of my motivation was, all right, well, I just I just want to be successful, and I just want to make money. I want to be secure. I think those are all, like, good things to shoot for. And so I went and pursued that route. I went to um, I went to school. Um, I started going to school for nursing because my mom was a nurse. She was making really good money, and I wanted to make really good money. And um, at 19, I moved out of my house. I bought a house with my brother and my best friend, and um, I started working for the government, Fort Belvoir, in uh, um do it on the hospital. So I was working for them. So I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to school for nursing. I'm already um, one foot into the door of the hospital that could potentially just hire me as a nurse whenever I'm done with school. I got a house of my own. So in hindsight, looking at my life at 19, hey, not a lot of my friends own the house. Like, right. I wasn't working. I owned this thing. So I thought I was doing really good. And then all of a sudden, um, I felt like just God wrecked my heart um, because there was still a void that was missing in my life. I had all the things that you would think as check marks of success or check marks of um, a life that seems fulfilling and full, but yet I was missing um, the one that was supposed to be my source of fulfillment. And uh, and different change of events, a lot of heartbreak that took place, like God just radically transformed my heart and um, I placed my faith in Jesus and I was so transformed where like even the, the people around me started wondering it's like what what happened with you? Well, what's different about you? You're not even speaking the same way. You're not even you're not even acting the same way. And I wasn't even trying. Um, it was just I couldn't get enough of God. I couldn't get enough of Jesus who transformed my life. I was like, man, I, I want to know more about this Jesus that loved me. I want to know more about this Jesus that has a plan for me. And I just I I, I dove full into just being involved and getting to, to, to Bible studies and, and getting to know more about Jesus. And um, and all of a sudden, like, I just felt like this sense of purpose and calling. And I was like, God, I know I'm not the most qualified person in the world, and I know you could probably choose someone else other than me, but if, if no one else would do it, if no one else would go and tell people about you, I'll do it. Um, and, uh, and I felt like that was a seed that prayer was a seed that God started to to, to grow in my heart. And um, my church that I got plugged into once I placed my faith in Jesus um, became an extension site of Valley Forge Christian College, which is in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, needed, they needed students. Um, and so my youth pastor at that time actually approached me about being a student there. Again, without me having any background or anything, I was like, this is crazy. But it's so crazy that it had to have been God. Um, and the only requirement for for that was um, I had to quit my job in order for me to truly be devoted to finishing up my schooling, 
but also um, finishing all the requirements for all the students. So I end up selling my house. I quit my job at Fort Balboa and I stopped nursing school and I went full bore into this um, ministry program and into Bible college. And um, I felt that from there, it was one of those things where I had, I had the right amount of encouragement from pastors that were there in the school, mentors that surrounded me that kind of affirmed that, yeah, I can see God doing that in your life. I can see um, God using you there. But it also took my youth pastor seeing something inside of me that I, I think that, that, that God is calling for something more. Um, and so that's why he asked me to be part of that school. And um, really that's what started this whole journey for me um, being in the ministry. I just felt like, all right, you know, um, God transformed me so, so much. I want to share that transformation with other individuals. And so I, I didn't look for, for me doing ministry as a compensated thing. It was more so, I mean, I, I'm so changed. I'll do this for free. I'll do this as just, just, I feel like my, like it's the least I could do Mm -hmm. from what God has done in me. So, um, to kind of summarize that, that's kind of where where it all began. And I, just, I felt there was, there was an emptiness, and uh, um, God was calling me to a greater purpose. You you know, it's funny you use the word void and missing. And you know, this past Sunday at church, you and Pastor talked about a house of cards and not having the void. And and I think so many times in our lives we chase objects or things, and we think that thing is going to fill our void when really it's not the case. And we get caught up in that way too much. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I was a victim of that. I thought things and titles and all that stuff was going to make me feel a certain way when really it was coming back down to earth and becoming one with going to church more, trusting in the process of what my life is supposed to be through Jesus, not what I want it to be. And it took me a long time to be honest, to be honest with you. It took me a long time to feel comfortable in that. And, and now that, you know, you guys do a great job at church, and I, and I want to give you a lot of credit because you've made me want to go to church every Sunday, and it's been a long time since that's the case. So I appreciate all that you guys do for us at LifeHouse. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that encouragement. It's definitely um, a goal of ours to create an environment where, again, I mean, I, I mentioned before I felt like religious, it felt like church was like this religious activity for me and not a place where I can cultivate a relationship with Jesus. Um, and so I, I commend our team. Um, I definitely commend our, our pastor, Pastor Patrick, that he just, he instills that in our team. And it's not just one of those things that, um, he just says he lives it. And so I think that that's just a contagious part about it. Cause mm-hmm. like, man, you know, when we see guys like you, Chad, you're saying, Man, I'm so excited about this. I'm, I'm, I'm transformed by this. And all of a sudden, the, the people around you are like, why are you so are you so fired up? Like, it's like my calling for ministry. I, I just, it changed me so much that I was like, Man, I, I don't know what else to do, but just tell people about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I... For me, I look forward to it. It's either going to be Sunday morning. It's either going to be Saturday night. It depends when, you know, it's best to fit in the schedule. And the way I look at it is we go to church and and it's something that's helping our relationship in a spiritual way that I never thought I'd have with my girlfriend, partner in life, because now we're able to get together and go to church every Sunday and enjoy that as part of our relationship, too. And I think that's just as important um, as anything. You know, so 
for people that don't know what Lifehouse is, you have multiple services throughout the weekends. Um, you actually do. I did the 21-day fasting that you guys had. I gave up Mountain Dew. That's one thing and, and soda. Man, one thing I'm huge. I gave up soda. I had a headache for about 21 days. God got me through it. Um but, you know, it, it's something that you guys do a ton of stuff. What does a normal week look like for you? Um, so, a lot of meetings, right? So, I, I think um, everything that we do at LifeHouse, uh, I, I want to make sure that it's intentional, right? Like, mm-hmm. from how our services run um, to how you know, how we create atmosphere that's irresistible for people to come in. So a lot, a lot of meetings. So like typically, um, my Mondays will consist of a ton of meetings. It's like, if there's a statistic where, um, Mondays are like really tough for people in ministry because you're like, man, there's all these things that, um, that didn't go, you know, that didn't go right back that took place this past weekend, right? And mm-hmm. um, you can beat yourself up over the head or you can look at it as like, hey, th- these are ways that we can just get better. If it's not broke, how do we make it better? Mm-hmm. So Mondays really is, is the days where we evaluate a lot of things. Hey, what went right? What went wrong? If we had another chance to do it, what would we do differently? Um, and so we look at it from top down, worship. Um, we look at it from First Impressions, which is our guest services team. Um, we look at it from the way that we're interacting with um, our congregation throughout the week. And so it's a lot of evaluation, a lot of meetings. And then um, typically that's when we meet with Pastor Patrick. We'll meet with the rest of our executive teams. And then the other teams will, will then meet with their teams. And then Tuesdays, um, I meet with my staff mm-hmm. on Tuesday. So I have a, a group of individuals that I oversee. Um, so with my specific role, um, I help oversee our campus um, pastors. So we meet every Tuesday. Um, so we'll discuss, hey, here's all the things that's happening. Um, we literally did it this past Tuesday. And so I got a whiteboard full of, hey, this is what we have to say to the church. Why are we going to say it to the church? Because, you know, like everything we're going to say, we're not just going to like make up. We're just going to make sure that this is this is to, to benefit the church. This is to add value and not to take value um, from the church. And so we're, we're from where we're going to say it, how we're going to say it, what we're going to say, all those things we, we discuss it uh, as a campus, um, as campus pastor team. And then I'll meet with um, my, my specific team that I oversee on Tuesdays. And then on um, Tuesdays, uh, we, we have a leadership college. So I have one of the guys that um, I'm kind of coaching and mentoring. So that's part of, that's part of the, the daily rhythm. And then Wednesdays, we're, we're trying to kick into to gear for the weekend. It's like, hey, um, did communications, uh, did, did all get sent out? Um, did, did all the emails that need to be sent out, all the, the leaders communicated with, are they ready for the final? Just typically on Tuesdays, what we'll try to do is we'll finalize all of the plans for this coming weekend, and then we'll look at the weekends ahead um, to make sure that we've we, we have some sort of a mapping of how everything's going to work. And then Wednesday is just the finalization um, of, of all those things, make sure all the, the teams are, are set in place. And, and then Thursdays um, is some of the work that, you know, um, maybe we, we didn't get done during the week or some of the work that we need to kind of stay ahead of for next week. Well, we'll do that on Thursdays. Um, and obviously in between those days is when, 
you know what, if someone at the church needs to talk to, to a pastor, you need to go reach out to volunteers or anything like that. We, we do all those things um, in those different time slots. Um, Fridays is, is typically our days off, um, so we're, we're not here. Um, Pastor Patrick truly believes in the Sabbath. I think that is, is huge. Um, I think for uh, a society like, like ours, that consistently pushes like work, 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 work. Um, at times, uh, it actually is good to unplug. At times, it really is good to to make sure that you create those times where, all right, God, I need some filling, I need some refreshment. So that's that's Fridays for us, and then Saturdays, um, I typically hang out with my family during the day, and then by three o'clock, I'll, I'll I'll head into here to the church to get up all the things I need to communicate to, to our volunteer teams when they're down here. Um, and obviously I'm part of the, the service mm-hmm. um, on on Saturdays. And then on Sundays, the same thing. We, we show up here um, at 7. And then once we're done um, with Sunday, we, uh, we pack up shop at like 1 o'clock. And then, you know, we have that, the rest of the afternoon off. You know, it's awesome as I listen to your to your week. I took notes, and <clears throat> I equate a lot of stuff to basketball and coaching because that's kind of something that obviously I, I do, and and I've I've fully invested a lot of my time and heart into. But it sounds like every week is a game plan that you're putting together to prepare for your game, and your games are on Saturdays and Sundays. That is is that mm-hmm. is that pretty much the way you guys we're going to knock all these steps out as we get closer to the weekend. So. It just goes as smooth as yeah. it possibly can for everybody. That's that's really awesome. I, I always wondered how all that stuff went into play, you know, to create the event that you do on Saturdays and Sundays. You know, I don't know if you've ever been told this before, but A, I think you're a great speaker. I enjoy when you get up and speak in front of the church. But I sit in your church every Saturday or Sunday, and I feel like you spent the entire week either riding in my car, sitting in my office, or sitting at my kitchen table because what you talk about really cultivates to what is in my feelings that week, and I do truly yeah. appreciate that. How do you come up with what you talk about? Like, how, how does that come about And when you guys like plan on having your sermons or your, or your speeches for the church? Some of it is... I mean, like, so what people don't know, right, as far as, like, our, our preaching, right? Mm-hmm. So I was actually talking to one of our leadership college students about this. So Pastor Patrick has a preaching calendar. Um, we, we make sure that he gets the time away that he needs to, to pray, process, and to, to really, all right, guys, what, what do you want us to, to do? Um, really, October of last year, we already knew what we were doing for the entire year. Um, so we we map it out. Like, we don't write out the entire thing, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, we map out, like, hey, cool, like, this is the passages of Scripture that we're going to that, that we're gonna talk about um, during this month. This is the passage of Scripture that we're going to be talking about. Here's kind of, like, the main ideas that we're talking about. It's, like, it's not fully fleshed out yet, but you have at least a, a bit of an overview, mm-hmm. right? So... Um, so that happens in October. All of our preaching team, myself included, our campus pastors, we're all in there. And he kind of gives us an, an overview. It's like, hey, this is what I'm thinking for 2021. And I kid you not, man, I've, year after year, there's been things that came up, crisis that came up. Specifically, this past year, 2020, in March, when, um, when the whole shutdown started, mm-hmm. 
mind you, again, so October uh, 2019 is when we started talking about 2020. We started a message series called Beautiful Pain, that God can take something that is absolutely painful and turn something beautiful out of it. When we shut down our church building, we were starting a brand new series called Beautiful Pain, where God could take the painful situations of our life and birth something beautiful out of it. We didn't know that a pandemic was going to hit our entire world, right. but it was it was like the it was this God element there, where mm-hmm. we we have a, a culture of value here at Lifehouse, where you know we we pray like it depends on God, and we work like it depends on us. Okay. So we'll work extremely hard. We'll 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 we'll, we'll write, we'll craft, and we'll create. But then there's an element where God has to to step in, and I think. Some of what you're saying, like, man, I feel like you're riding in the car with, well, sometimes we are riding in the car with individuals. And we're talking to them. It's like, man, this is the real, this is a real thing. This is a real need. But the, the truth is, though, like, I'm thinking the same thing in my car. Right. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and, I, and I think that's the, um, that's the beauty of what I found here um, at Lifehouse. It's just like, man, we're all real people. And I think I had a mentality before where it's like, man, you know, like this, the pastor is like this person that doesn't go through anything, that doesn't struggle. Right. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm under the, the leadership of a pastor that's extremely authentic and vulnerable and saying, yeah, me too, guys. I screw up too. I make mistakes too. And I think um, oftentimes it's like when we are scared to actually acknowledge the fact like, hey, I struggle with this. Um, it it almost hinders individuals from relating and from truly connecting. Because if you hear me say that, yeah, I struggle with comparison, or I struggle with saying, man, this person got this, and I didn't get that. Um, all of a sudden now, individuals are like, man, you know what? Like, we're, we're, we're in the same boat together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and God is giving all of us an answer. So it's, it's, it's like, I just want to have a conversation with you. I'm not speaking down at you. I'm not preaching to you. You know, we're, we're having a conversation. And um, really, it's, a lot of times we, we hear and we see it. Um, and we, we, we relate to it because we're, we're, in, we're, in the same, we're in the same struggle. And uh, I think there is that element, um, or I know there is an element where sometimes God just knows exactly what, what every single person needs to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, 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 we, we try to work extremely hard um, whenever we get those overviews of every sermon series. Every single song that we pick is not by accident. We literally meet about everything that we're talking about. And we, we just had a meeting two weeks ago about a sermon series that we're doing. What is the best song that is going gonna, is gonna to be partnered with this sermon that's going to lead people to action. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like excellence is the heart of God. I feel like um, when we show excellence in what we do, I feel like that's an act of worship. Um, just like you do when, when you're coaching, I'm sure like everything that you're doing, you know, it's like I want, I want my, 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 my team to, to, to defend excellently, to, mm-hmm. to, to, to have an excellent offense. We need to execute with excellence. Right. Um, I feel like, you know, if, if people can do that, um, not in, in the context of, of church. Why not the church? You know what I'm saying? Like if they can show that amount of excellence. Why not the people of God? Um, so 
So, you know, you have goals that I'm sure you set for yourself. I have goals as a coach that I set for me. Yeah. What are some of the goals? I mean, do you put them up on a whiteboard and you kind of remind yourself every day when you walk in the office? What are some of the goals that you want for yourself and that you're trying to build into the church as well as we as we grow this thing in the year of 2021? Yeah. Getting into, I guess, would be October again. You're going to start preparing for 2022. Yeah. So, um, so technically, uh, actually, I, I, literally, like a couple minutes before you called, I, I was in a meeting. I was talking about um, our goals for. Um, just the, the year and all that stuff and and so for for us ministry has been a little bit different now that um COVID came along I'm sure. um, and so we've kind of like had to shift a lot of things and so it's almost like all right man we we need to to revisit the goals so for for me personally it's, it's different so um this past Tuesday we as a as a as a staff we had our own individual retreat days where um I'm grateful that one that Lighthouse gives uh, that opportunity um, to, to take some time and to kind of do an inventory of, of our lives, inventory of our um, where we're at uh, in, in our personal lives, where we're at with our ministry lives. And so just creating like, all right, what are, what are some goals that um, I want? Who, who are the people I want to be um, intentionally having a relationship with? Who are the people I want to raise up as leaders? Obviously, those things are our are, are, are constant goal. Um, of mine, so I'm I'm constantly looking. All right, who's the next group of campus pastors I want to start raising up, or I see as people like what my youth pastor saw in me. It's like, hey, I see God doing something in you. Would you take a step of faith a little bit um, more? And so, um, so those, there's like certain pers- personal goals that I want. But for us as a church, we we have um, we have goals. It's more like long term. We've had. Uh, we have a 10-year goal that we're all reaching towards, and uh, we know that there's 100,000 people um, within the, the Washington County area that if Jesus was to come back today, um, they would spend an eternity separated from him um, because they've not yet placed their faith in Jesus. And so for us as a church, we're like, all right, what's our part in in reaching that goal? And so we, we set a goal of, of presenting the gospel to 5,000 people every year. Um, That's awesome. I feel like it was an ambitious goal. Um, it's 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 been a goal that we've been always trying to hit every year, every year, every year. And with the express purpose of, if we present the gospel to 5,000 people, um, we're praying and believing that a tenth of them, 500 of them, are going to place their faith in Jesus and they're going to get connected to a local church. Um, so all of our teams work towards that one goal. It's like, what does that mean for me? Okay, for children's ministry. What does that mean for me? What is my pie in the 5,000? Um, for our guest services, what does that mean for me? When they're coming into the facility, what does that look like for me? That's 5,000 new people that we have not presented the gospel to. So, for instance, one of the, the goals that um, we're looking at is this amount, the amount of new guests that we are um, identifying. Because we know that there is a greater likeliness that a new guest will hear the message that we present, and we always present the message of hope and the gospel, where Jesus Christ is the only source of life. Um, and we're believing that um, that that new person, they're they're at least going to hear it, and uh, we believe that um, they're going to place their faith at least ten percent of them. And so they they have a goal of like, all right, cool. Like if my goal is. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna identify two thousand guests this year. 
well, all right, well, what are the systems? Like, what are the leads? What are the lags? What are the things that I can control versus the things that I can't control? Mm-hmm. I'm going to train everyone to identify new guests. Um, how do I do that? All right, well, I'm going to provide this training that here's how you um, can tell some of the first-time guests. And here's what you do to make sure that once you get their their um, their information, here's here's how we connect with them. And so, like, we, we kind of break it up in, in, into, like, smaller bite-sized goals because I know that, that the bigger goal is actually... Like, it's overwhelming how to eat an elephant just one bite at a time. So just kind of, like, breaking it down for, for my team in general. So for, for us, like, we're, we're always looking at how do we get more high-capacity leaders um, raised up in our church? Or how do we get more high-capacity um, volunteers in our church? So that's always a goal for, for me um, in, in our specific campus where I'm like, all right, well, if... If our church um, grows to however many hundreds or thousands here in um, the Hagerstown campus, how many life groups do we need in order for us to truly care for people? Um, how do we get more people plugged into a place where they're, they're, they're not just sitting in a service, but they're involved in community or they're involved in serving um, in their community? So that, that's always a goal of mine to, to see, and we evaluate that. I evaluate to see how many volunteers we have um, every year. I evaluate to see how many, how many salvations we have. I evaluate to see how many baptisms we've had. Again, some of those things I cannot control. Like, I can't make a decision whether or not someone's going to make a decision for Jesus, but I can make a decision whether or not I'm going to help identify guests. I'm going to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to. I do have the, the ability to encourage people to invite their friends right. um, to, to come to church. Um, and I, I do have that, that capability to encourage people to do that. I, once they get into these doors and once they hear the message, um, that decision is going to be up to that person whether or not they want to take that step. I want to make that step as easy as possible for those individuals. So obviously we have different goals and different metrics that will will happen. So let's say if we have a hundred volunteers on one of our teams um, and say, all right, cool. If we're believing that um, our church will be this size, um, then we need X amount of volunteers. Right. All right. So if we're saying, hey, we need one volunteer for every seven person that goes into our campus. If we're believing that, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be a church of 70 people, I'm just looking at different numbers, then I need, you know, now I need ten volunteers, right? right. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna recruit X amount of volunteers. So every every one of our team members is, is looking at that. So for me personally, my goal is just it's a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. Personal goals versus my church goals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right. man, you know, I need to make sure I I, I unplug more. I think this season has caused a lot of connection. Mm-hmm. which is great, yes. um, but it's hard to get disconnected. You know what I mean? Where yes. it's like, man, now everything is at the, the you know, at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. So I have to be a lot more mindful to truly disconnect and to, to be present um, wherever I'm at, whether I'm with volunteers, whether I'm doing this podcast with you. I mean, my, my phone right now is literally blowing up with notifications, but you have to force yourself to be present and disconnect from all those other things. Otherwise, um, uh, I think they're just gonna, they're just gonna burn out. So I think that's that's for me. It's like I'm I'm trying to make sure I I, I set some healthy rhythms um, of rest 
and healthy rhythms of just making sure I'm present with my family, my wife, my kids, um, and and even just um, the leaders that I'm going to be investing into our church. So the, some of those, you know, are my personal goals or financial goals that I look at. How much do I want to um, uh, take a step in faith and give more to mm-hmm. um, our team to build this initiative at church, um, all those things. You know, you mentioned disconnect. It's funny you say that because, you know, when I work with youth and obviously I work in the school system, we we take the kids and we're like, you know, get off your phone, you know, get off of social media. You need to be present here. That would have been last year and the year before. Now we're throwing them back on, on you know, the phones, throwing them back in front of iPads to make sure that they're in class. So we're trying to get the kids to, to simmer down from a work perspective. I used to, when I was a college basketball coach, I lived on my phone. I was sending anywhere between 10,000 and 15,000 texts a month just because I was recruiting kids and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, this past year I've made a concerted effort and I got off of all social media. I no longer have any accounts. I had Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, all that. I got rid of all of it because I was getting myself sucked into a rabbit hole that was unhealthy. And yeah. when I realized through therapy that this was something that was bad for me, I just unplugged up all of it. And it's been the healthiest thing I've ever done is just to be able to completely pull away from a lot of it. Now, my kids are going to text me. My players are going to text me. That's a different story. But when you can disconnect, mm-hmm. it is so much more healthier. I, I totally agree with you there. Um, you know, you mentioned baptism, too. I, uh, I've now seen two baptisms done at LifeHouse. I think it's the awesomest thing in the world. And as I shared with you uh, when we spoke on the phone the other day, I am going to get baptized at LifeHouse again. It's one of those things that means more to me now as an adult. As you and I talked, you grew up Catholic. I grew up Lutheran, but the church I went to was basically Catholic. I mean, it's as close as you could possibly get from a... (laughs) I mean, the traditional service was, was not too far off. Let's just put it that way. So... By growing up that way, you know, you basically, you're a baby, you get baptized, you're into the church. Well, at 38 years of age and going through the things that I've gone through in my life, it's time for me to get baptized and grow in that faith and that direction. And I'm choosing to do that with LifeHouse. Um, Love it. You know, I, I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate all the time you've given me the last couple of days that you and I have chatted on the phone. I do have one question for you before we hop off of here. What is your yeah, favorite sure. Bible verse? What's the Bible verse that gets you going or, or gets you through a day? Um, there's a lot of them. Uh, so there's a passage of um, Scripture in Thessalonians. Uh, I want to say it's, uh, I'm going to butcher it, it's like First Thessalonians 2.18. Um, but it's in Thessalonians. And so, for me, I think it always, like, I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm on mission, right? Like, right. I want to make sure that, like, I, I'm not missing the mark. Um, because I think that, like, your mission determines your motion. Like, you can have, like, you can have all the right motions, but if you don't have a mission, like, where are you going, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like if you can't have a mission without motion, but you can have motion without mission. And so I, I want to make sure that, like, man, I'm not just doing the, the, the whole, like, spinning wheel of death where I'm just trying to, to do a lot of stuff. And so uh, I want to make sure I'm in the will of God. I, I'm where God wants me to go. And there's a passage of Thessalonians, and he says, um, always, always be thankful. Um, never stop praying. Uh, or rejoice always. Never stop praying. And be thankful in all circumstances. It says, for this is the will of God 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so I look at that because I look at, at times where when I was early on in ministry, I was like, man, well, where's, where's, where's the place where I finally arrived? Like, I know where I'm, where I'm supposed to be at. It's, it's right there. This is the, the ultimate will of God. And it just kind of changed my focus, like, where the will of God for my life was not necessarily, like, this moment. It was this mission that was continual, where it wasn't the destination. It was what you did along the way in the journey, where, for me, now, I, I realized that, all right, Whatever circumstance I'm going through today, right now, when, when he says rejoice always, it, it wasn't like, hey, rejoice only when this thing happens, but no, no, no rejoice always. So in, this, in the season and the moment that you find yourself at this very moment, rejoice always. In the season and the moment where you find yourself at right now, I, I need to be... I need to be in constant communication with God. And prayer is not just a monologue, it's a dialogue where I'm allowing God to speak to me and I'm also speaking to God. And then it's just be thankful in all circumstances for this is the will of God. That right now, regardless of where you might find yourself in life, um, you can be right in the, the will of God when you're when you're following the ways of God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I feel like that, that that's always been one of those things where I'm like, whenever I feel like I've lost my way, whenever I feel like I've, I've just kind of, you know what, am I, am I even on the, the right track? All right, I check, I check those three gauges. All right, am I, rejoic- am I joyful? Mm-hmm. Do I have a proper communication with God? And, and am I grateful? Because um, I think we can, we can be very... Um, uh, I don't know. Like we can we can look at those circumstances. Like, ah, eh, you know, I don't, I don't think I can be grateful in this circumstance. But when this circumstance gets better, I'll be grateful then. Right. Um, we do. But I, but I feel like, all right, you know, it's, it's my it's my heart, it's my spirit grateful. Um, and then if, if those three are in alignment, I'm like, all right, cool. Then I'm I'm exactly where God wants me to be. Right. Where um, wherever you feel like you're in a job that you feel like, you know, man, like it, nothing I'm doing and nothing I'm saying to these kids working or. Um, the thing that is, is happening between me and the person I'm, I'm in a relationship with, man, it seems like nothing is going right. I check those things. I'm like, all right, am I joyful? Mm-hmm. Am I in communication? Am I in conversation with God? Is he speaking into me? Am I speaking to him? Um, and how can I be grateful right now? And I feel like it just, it, it puts me back into to where I need to be. It puts me back in alignment. Um, and so it keeps me, again, it keeps me on mission. I'm going to have to go, I mean, I, obviously you read it to me. I'm going to go get that verse and, and kind of add it to, to, to the ones that I really read and, and enjoy. My favorite is Matthew 6.34 because I worry way too much into the future and I'm not present. So I, that forces me to kind of stay present where I'm at. You know, I don't have to worry about tomorrow to worry about itself. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your time, Pastor. I know you're a busy guy. I look forward to seeing you on Saturday night. That's when I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there and... Uh, you know, I appreciate all you do for Hagerstown of Washington County, and I look forward to doing more with you at the church. I love it, man. Thank you so much, Chad. Thank you so much for um, just what you're doing and the, the life and the encouragement that you're speaking, even through this podcast. And so, thanks for the opportunity, man. Appreciate you're, you asking me. You're very, you're very welcome, and I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you. Having Pastor Owen... Um, as I've mentioned on multiple Sundays where I get here on my podcast as I've done this daily, you know, they always come up with a great message and you can go back and check with the other, the other podcasts that I've had. I talked about their different messages that they, that they give us at Lifehouse and it has changed my life and, and I really, uh, 
If you have not been yet, I suggest you go and watch one of their services. It's going to suck you right in. The music's awesome. The, the people are very welcoming and warming, and then the messages, as I say, are dynamic. Looking forward to tomorrow's show. Greeley Myers is going to be on tomorrow. As Greeley and I talked earlier, we talked more Packers. We're going to talk Carolina Duke basketball. That is coming up on Saturday as the rivalry continues. So I'm looking forward to having Greeley on to give the synopsis as a Duke student what it's like for that rivalry. They're also going to talk about sports rap. And we're kicking into practice on Saturday. So tomorrow you'll find out kind of what's going through my mind, what's going through my staff's mind as we prepare for our first day back with the guys on February the 6th at 11.30 a.m. at the South High Fieldhouse. Until then, thank you for listening to Never My Wildest Dream podcast, and we will talk to you soon.